Hello, I'm Tom Walker. Welcome back to the Memories That Made Us, where we explore the power of memory and the weird and wonderful relationships we have with our own. Each week, me and my special guests will try and untangle the key moments that have shaped who they are today, where they've come from, and where they're going. Today, I'm picking the brains of a man whose passion for music started around the same time as mine did. Craig David has done so much in his career, it honestly boggles my mind. Obviously, there's the classics we all know and love, but he's just kept going. In an industry that can be so cutthroat, I find his longevity and creativity nothing short of absolutely inspiring. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Craig David. The memories that made us. Craig David, welcome. How are you doing, man? I'm so good, my man. Nice to finally oh, meet man. properly. Where are you coming from today? Are you at your studio? Yeah, yeah. So I'm so in my studio in London. We're up in Miami in there, aren't we? Look at that place. Do you know, do you know, do you know what? This is, so I'm in London, right? But I try to make it feel like I was either Miami, Ibiza. All you got to yeah. do is throw a couple of pictures behind you and then everything... Feels right. A couple of palm trees, you're good to go. Do you know what I'm saying? And the heat that's going on in this room, man, feels like there's a heat wave in Miami right now for sure. So if, if a bead of sweat comes down my forehead, just know that it's not a nerve thing. It's more the heat that's kicking. Yeah. So this is a podcast about memory. Yeah, yeah. What kind of percentage would you give you memory out of 10? Do you know what? I'm I'm probably eight. I'm pretty good with memory. That's good. I'm very visual with, wow. it, with anything anyway. So I get I, like, visual representations of things. So I kind of tend to be very immersed in the moment. So I kind of take in a lot and then my I have very vivid dreams. My dreams always kind of like bring back so much stuff. That I'm thinking, oh man, like good time, especially when I was younger. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah I, I, a good eight. Have you ever had like a little senior moment then or? Yeah, names I must admit is where it can get a little bit shady, but I, I, I can always recognize someone and that's always an awkward predicament where you don't really know how yeah. to sort of like, do I know you really, really well? Or how, do you know what I mean? Was it like, do you yeah. know what I mean? You you were like the, I don't know, the, the A&R for six years when I was like in the, in the pinnacle part of my career and I'm meeting you yeah. and I've got to sort of swerve around music and like, yeah, Craig, I was there when we were doing the remixes. I was in the studio with you. What are you talking about? <laughs> You're like, oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah Mine's terrible, mate. I've just had to start saying nice to see you because I, I, if I can't remember somebody, you've covering all bases yeah. by saying nice to see you. Totally. There's, You're done. You can't go wrong. Well, going back to the early days, mm. is, is there a moment from back in the day at school that just kind of, you, you know, was a bit of a switch for you? Do you know what? I think it was it was when I realised, and it was through repetition of, one of my favourite groups at the time was Boys to Men. Um, yeah. And I just, I mean, I just loved all their harmonies. And there was one guy called Wanya, who always, always used to sing all the, the high sort of ad-libs and the trills for them. He was like the, the more sort of tenor in the, in the group. I'm not really a tenor, but like I'd always try to sing those those notes and one, one song in particular was called End of the Road which was their big uh, number one single that they had that was like a big ballad they had um, yeah and I remember it was the go-to song that everyone would want to go to but they'd always say Craig can you sing sing End of the Road for us sing End of the Road for us <laughs> and I'd be like wow am I the only one who can really am I how, how come I'm the go-to guy and it was only through yeah. repetition of, of continuously singing that I realised actually I must have something because this is going across the board. Teachers are almost sort of saying, "Yeah, the, we'll get Craig to sing." This. Craig's the go-to. I'm the I'm the I'm the, yeah. I'm the go-to guy. Okay, cool. Yeah. And I think that was a quite a pinnacle moment for me, even though I didn't fully realise it. That actually, okay, you've got something that people keep yeah. referencing to. But I still, in my head, was like, "Well, I'm light years away from Boys to Men and how they 
they sing and how they sound. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, I can sure, imagine you had something at school time think... maybe similar like that you just thought, hmm, they keep coming yeah, to me I, for the I thing. I guess so. Yeah, well, I guess like music's always just made sense to me for no apparent reason. Right. I don't know if you're the same. Like, did you have this natural ability as a singer? Like, did did you have to really try to learn a song or were you kind of like, all right, after a few listens, you were into it and you were just on it straight away? I was comfortable not knowing the lyric, but I, I found that I could always riff around things. Yeah. It was a mechanism that I sort of, was a go-to, but then ended up becoming like my thing. So I can be on stage now and I could forget half the lyrics, but I won't freeze. I'll just, I'll ad lib it and vibe it and move it in a way that people are like, oh, do you see that? was a different version of the thing. I don't know what you're saying, but yeah. it sounds like it was, don't stop. That's the key. Keep yeah. going, go, That go, is go, the go. key, mate. I've learned that as well. I once, uh, I once sang on stage, swing low, bit of Haribo. It's a long way when you can't find your telephone Jeez. in place of another lyric. And I was just like, yep, it's the live version, mate. You know what I'm saying? That's, That's just the live version. Jazz. That's just for the people in the jazz. crowd. It's special. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what were you like at school growing up, man? I mean, I was kind of, I, was, I don't say happy-go-lucky. I was a bit of an entrepreneur at school. Back then, I was just like, that's the guy that if you want to go buy chocolates and uh, like he's got, he's always got some mixtape or some bit of equipment to sell. Yeah. So I was that guy. I'd always see the the move. If I could get like a, a bulk buy of chocolate, that probably was like like a probably like two weeks before yeah. a sell-by date, you could get <laughs> on the market. Trust me, I'd be that guy. And then I'd be at school and then like, I'd be hitting it for a pound for a Mars bar. And people are like, Craig, I ain't paying a pound for a Mars bar. Cool. Then wait till 12 o'clock because at the moment it's nine o'clock yeah. and the next break is at 12. So <laughs> it's cool. Supply and demand. If you don't want it, wait. But I've got it here for a pound. <laughs> you went full on Wolf of Wall Street in uh, in year seven. Yeah. You've got, you got to keep it moving, man. It's all about <laughs> supply and demand. <laughs> I'd say I was semi-academic. I mean, I, I, I would be in the back of the class sort of penning some lyrics and some melodies, especially in my French classes, which was strange because now when I think back to it, it's a language that I wish that I'd really... I, I really learned. I just language in yeah. general, especially when that's yeah. becoming your thing. Like you want to be able to go to France and be like, "Look, put me on a, on a record. I, I sing French for you fluently. Yeah. Not sort of, yeah. that's not really the, the vowel sound that you're supposed to say here or, or some person's trying to interpret it for you. So, um, did you keep any of your, your earliest bars? Is there like any that make you cringe or, or, or some that actually impress you when you go back and listen to some of the earlier stuff you didn't release? Um, I'd like to say that my early, early, like, I mean, we're talking like on, on cassette tape. Like I was recording them on like a home hi-fi thing in some really weird ways to make it record. Yeah. There were sort of those ones where you had the, the record deck and the tape cassette on the same thing, but then that didn't have a record button on it. So I had to get another one from over here and plug it. It was just, it was all getting a bit like hectic, but yeah. it was more that I was ending up singing songs and then getting super excited at the end of it thinking, wow, this sounds amazing. And then referencing the song that I got inspired for. And realised yeah. it's actually just exactly the same song. I'd actually just sung yeah. it identical. And <laughs> I was getting super gassed, walking around like, wow, this sounds crazy. Oh, that is actually the end of the road. Well, okay, cool. We'll, we'll put the part yeah. there. So, so there's, <laughs> and, there's and elements you... of, the, the, of, of melodies, but I think there was a lot of plagiarism going on early on. Do you catch yourself ever doing that these days? Because I know I wrote a song recently and it was in my head for ages. And then I've, I played it to one of my mates and he went, you do know that you've robbed like that section out of this song. And I hadn't, I didn't even have like the song on my computer or I just heard it on the radio and it just lives somewhere subconsciously. So has it ever happened to you where you've got to the end of a record and you've been absolutely gassed about it and then you've showed it to like a mate or something and they've gone, uh, wait a second, uh, that's out of that song. 100%. When I have those moments, there's kind of like, there's a, a euphoria of, wow, I've got the best thing in the world. It sounds like everyone's going to know this. It feels like I already know this. 
to yeah. yes everyone does know this because this is currently playing on the radio that you've just heard for like the last like <laughs> six weeks and it's number one so do you know yeah. what I would say though when something lives rent free in your head there is something to be said that there's certain chord progressions that are just regurgitated again and again so yeah there's only a certain I mean I've seen a few things on YouTube where they've played the same chords and the guy's singing like different tunes over the same chords yeah and you're just like wow that's the thing there's only 12 notes isn't that's there so you, you, you're bound to accidentally steal something eventually so there is something to be said would you have been stealing if it just was in your head like where does the yeah probably yes if you were doing the same lyrics but uh, apart from that who knows I know your dad bought you your first guitar mm. at 11 did you play a lot of of guitar on your your records? I didn't. Do you know what? I didn't play any guitar on it, which no. I wish I had. I mean, I've got an affiliation <laughs> with it, but um, my eleven year yeah. old playing the guitar was more. Dad wanted me to play uh, flamenco guitar. Played a little few things, but I also want to know how did Dre get the beat sounding so hard on that record over there? And I wasn't going to get that from this guitar. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> not like you, bro. You play, you play, you have the guitars on the wall. They're not just a de oh, decoration man, the thing. Like you you bring yeah. them down and we can play the guitar. Not like yeah. I'd have them on the wall, they look good and white and nice colours and but not really doing much else on that. Yeah, well, you know, it's a funny thing, isn't it? Because like piano, I've 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 had keyboards in my studios for my entire life. Mm. I still can't play piano, man. But the more I sat with the guitar, the more it just it made sense to me. You know, it's one of those weird things that I just picked up and it just it just clicked like straight away. Totally. Like I really don't really know my music theory or any of the chords or any of that stuff. But guitar just makes sense to me. No, but it makes sense um, with guitars though because you you can you can move through like you've got to actually know the the progressions through a piano you actually have to know the notes to get to whereas with a guitar i mean you can you can move through those different keys and you know where yeah. i'm at this is how it's going to yeah. run every single time regardless of where i'm at 100% yeah 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 you just move it up a fret they, they, for, you, for a whole key change on, on piano you change key and every every so chord's different you're just like yeah, what yeah, is going go. on there <laughs> is there a pinch me moment you know from from the from your entire life i guess mm. that the one way you realised that you you'd really made it, and finally, you know, like things were happening for you, and you and you were making waves in music. I guess there was two things. I think once it went from with rewind, when it was like pirate radio stations playing it, which was kind yeah. of for me was like, wow, we've made it because I was just like, wow, someone's actually taken this. And these times it was more vinyl at the time. Someone's played it on their radio station and someone's called in and said, can you, what's that name of that song? Can you play it again? That was kind of my first sort of like, wow, we made it. Then yeah. got catapulted to, I guess when I was on my way up to London and I heard it, well, I heard it twice. I heard it being played on Radio 1, Rewind. And yeah. at this time I didn't have, I wasn't signed. So I, there wasn't like, it was like, this is sort of unheard of. How has it even got onto the radio? And it was daytime. Yeah. It wasn't like a specialist show. It was daytime, primetime getting played and then when I was in London there was a station capital station I was like wow this is kind of crazy and I'm not going to just run through a litany of all the stations to cover me off oh then he heard it on Kiss yeah. and then he heard it on the <laughs> I, I genuinely it was it was capital and, and Radio 1 when I first got there Kiss of these yeah. times was they, they was they were still sort of moving in like if you got it played on Kiss you knew that you were kind of you were hitting on the on the the, the underground scene at the time was really starting to blow up because that's when it was crossing over yeah. sure and it was just getting rinsed and I had it on everything. And I think for me, it was just like, wow, from a kid from Southampton who had all these hopes and dreams, who was hearing it on Pirate Radio Station, now it's actually got onto mainstream radio and it's got its own way there without a radio yeah. plugger, as we, as we both know, would normally go sure. in there and get it done. 
So um, yeah, yeah, it was just yeah, it changed things. Yeah, I had that moment. I was driving in there in my Renault Clio, <laughs> about to go to a festival. I was with my missus at the time, and I had a, a, a song called "Sun Goes Down," which featured Koji Ra- Radical on it, mm. and uh, it came on Annie Mac's show, okay. and I nearly crashed my car, man. <laughs> legit, like I was so excited. I turned the radio up so loud. My stereo was so terrible at the time. <laughs> it's like the worst, crappiest stereo. <laughs> right. But I didn't care. I had the windows down, singing my own tune, just loving life and. It's it's something I never get tired of, man. I don't know. I don't know about you, but like I'm still absolutely gas when one of my songs comes on the radio. Like, totally. it's one of the coolest things. I feel ever. Like it's you, amazing. You, you, it's like that realization of like you're you're creating something that is. I don't know. It's more than. I mean, to know somebody is hearing this song, in yeah. various different places up and down the country or around the world at the same time, but having a different experience from it. That one's yeah. going off in a supermarket, one's on their way to work, one's coming back, one's picking the kids up, one's, and you're just like, this is mad. And you're part of yeah. these experiences, like vicariously. I just feel it's, it's, it's unbelievable, man. It, like, it it's makes you just want to keep it? making music and hopefully getting it played, which is really why I, I ever make music is that. But yes, there was a time when it was about number ones and wanting to get to the top of the charts and how many sure. records you could sell. That's sort of, it really has changed for me only because I'm very blessed and grateful to have achieved a lot of those things. Well, talking about making music, is there a, a, like a songwriting moment that's been one of the great... Because you've worked with so many amazing people, mm. you know, Sting, Sagala, Kei Big Nasty. Uh, I was listening to that J.P. Cooper track, Get Involved Today, oh, which you, I don't know if I'd heard before. I love the flow on that track, man. And when the beat comes in as well, it's sick. Wicked. You work with AJ Tracy. You know, is there anybody that you had a real songwriting moment when you were like, wow, like this is unbelievable? I mean, I think all the, all, all the artists you mentioned above, I mean, J.P. Cooper, was a, that was a... He's just a soul, man. When he sings, man, he's he sings awesome. with soul. That guy's got yeah, soul. He, he oozes, drips off. Um, yeah. Probably top end when you said Sting. I think for me, it was like, I'd watched the movie Leon and the rolling credits is where it plays Shape of My Heart, which is where I got inspired from that guitar riff originally. I then literally took four bars of that, looped it, wrote Rise and Fall over it. Then sent it to Sting to see if I can get clearance on it, expecting him to come back and actually say no, to be honest, because I was just like, well, it's such a shape of my heart. I mean, it's, like, it's like a huge record, right? I get a yes back, firstly, and he was great. He was gracious enough to actually give me some publishing on that, which was a, to think, wow, like I expected wow. 100% yeah. finish. Like, good night, good night God sure. bless. But then I found out the story when, I, when that his, he asked his daughter if, if he should almost grant clearance for it. Or, and and she, she was a yes. And then I kind of, within a bit cheeky, said, well, I'd love for you to be on the record if there was any way. And then that's when yeah. he, he asked her and she, she said, dad, well, I'm slightly gassing this up maybe, but dad, you got to be on the record, man. That's great. You got to be on the I think that he, he may explain it slightly differently, but he definitely did yeah. say his, his daughter gave the, the, the sign off, the co-sign for being on the record. And that was probably Love one it. of the best moments in the world to be in the studio and you're hearing a melody that you've written with Sting in the booth singing Rise and Fall. And I'm like, whoa. And then I'm sort of bit torn between, there was one note that it was different to how he was singing it. And I was yeah. like, do I tell him or should I just leave it and just become here? <laughs> yeah. You've got Sting in, your, in the studio. Or do and I was like, this is interesting, yeah? Because I'm, I'm sure you've had this, right? Where you where you, you could be around someone or, and there's part of you slightly fanboying, but there's the music part of you ha- does yeah. not, care what the situation i'm doing this for the greatest good of the song that you'll yeah. speak in a way that's like whoa like this guy's been in the game for x amount of time and i'm saying on the talk about uh thing you can try just there's a, this note is this note that would oh no no cool okay calm and then he did it and i'm thinking 
bro, you just told Sting <laughs> to hit, hit the different... <laughs> bro, who are you to... That moment, but it was something greater than me came over me. It was like, literally, it started speaking because I was thinking, well, what right have I got to tell you about singing this tune? But, and he was yeah. so gracious with it, man. He was wicked. Man, I, 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 I actually, like, I didn't meet Sting, but I, I had the chance to meet him and I, I, I didn't really... I'm, I'm, I'm sure he's a really nice bloke, but mm. I didn't want to ruin any of the fantasy for me. I've been a huge fan of Sting my entire life. Right. And I was just like, do you know what? I don't want to be that guy running up to him right now. Like, oh my God, Sting, I love you so much. Mm. You know what I mean? Like everyone backstage was like running over to meet him. And I was like, do you know what? Today, I'm not going to be that guy. But he was with them. Um, it was him and Shaggy and they'd done a gig right. together. And it was him and Shaggy on a tune and he was playing bass and singing. And Shaggy was kind of like gyrating on stage. And it was right. such a top gig, man. It was it was wicked. It was, uh, it was definitely an experience to see and I love that about Sting man you know he you know he does jump on on new artist records and let them use samples and stuff and I've, I've got massive respect for that because he's he's such a legend I regret not going over and, and saying anything to him to be fair do you know what, do you know what though Tom it's, it's a funny one yeah because by not doing that and I know it's sometimes yeah. it's hard on one hand people say go on just like you, you YOLO go over there and it's how you would have approached it I think you would have been cool with it but sometimes to not it's the, the universe has a funny way of bringing you full circle where you're in the studio with them and they end yeah. up having this, we're, we're cool, we're respectful to each other here rather than, oh, were you the guy who came running over to me? Like, I was like, just come off stage. Yeah, and screaming oh, I'm like, a big fan of thing. I love when you did feel like, got a field of gold dream. Bro, like what's going on here? <laughs> Talking about fame and, uh, and people running over this thing, mm. how have you... How have you experienced fame over the years? Because you've been in the game, you know, a long time and, and lived in various different places. How have you kind of not dealt with fame, but like, have you enjoyed it? Have you been suspicious of it? Have you been comfortable with it? Is there a moment, you know, it, it's kind of thrown you off, uh, you know, being that big as an artist? Do you know what I mean? I feel it's, it's, a, it's been a bit of a roller coaster ride. I think before it was a bit up and down, like one minute everything you want to do is exacerbating. You want it to be like seen and you want to be on the red carpet. You want to know everyone to know about yeah. your music and you want to achieve the, the top of the charts. And then at the same time, you, you want to be left, left alone. You want your privacy. You want to be, able to, yeah. Where it's like, it doesn't really work like that. It, you know, which we we both know. Like, it's like, once you, sure. you have success, what comes with it is that people are going to recognize people are going to know you. And they, and a lot of times, and I've been very like grateful for this. People just want to, show love they they want to show yeah. love and that and the filter of showing love sometimes can be slightly miscued because you like there may be a time and a place for that you know what i mean you're about to take that yeah. first mouthful of that your favorite dish and that's the time <laughs> yeah. where maybe the, the selfie in the video is not really the one right now but i've found yeah. ways now to be gracious in in dealing with that yeah. and also having good boundaries i think that's that's something that I've, I've learned over the years so i i actually can enjoy it and not let it yeah sort of box you in because you can easily like create your own little your, your own your own sort of sanctuary indoors where you feel safe and then when yeah. you go out you feel like oh i'm not sure how's it gonna i've got to think no, no no we can make this so i can enjoy all of this but you just gotta have good boundaries and know that you need to be a leader you need to lead people and be like when's a no a nice no when's i come back in a moment i'll do this and also yeah, at the same time 100%. if you want to turn up on a red carpet i guess you want the the the, the cameras to flash right so, yeah, or do you want them to be all yeah. turned off and everyone's like, oh yeah, my man's just walking past the wall. <laughs> so you can't have it one way and not the other. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. You got to balance it. You got to live life as well. I really feel like, because yeah. otherwise you can be a, a sort of a, a, a people pleaser because you want to yeah. give so much and give so much. And then you, you, you're finding like, 
how come I'm not feeling the balance here? Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. So yeah, um, yeah. It's, it took a long time to get that. But now I, now I see it from a slightly different juxtaposition. I finally I found a sort of sweet spot, which is, which is good. And I hope the same for you, man, because it makes the whole journey a lot more enjoyable. You know what I mean? I just put a bucket hat on. No one recognizes me. You know, I'm good to go. I just change hats and I'm absolutely sweet. Bro, you know? <laughs> see, you think that, yeah. But try, okay, try the bucket hat next time. You're, you're, you're rocking down Oxford Street. Yeah, just see how, I don't know, see how long that lasts for you, man. Because I feel Mate, like I'll tell like, you why I know the bucket, bucket is hat. the one. <laughs> I'm telling you, right. I'll, I'll give you, this is why I know the bucket's the absolute one, right. Okay. And I'm probably giving my, my, my secret to, uh, for having a bit of peace quiet away here. So I played Glastonbury and I did the John Peel stuff. Stage, probably about 7 p.m. on Sunday, nice. packed out, full house, must have been like 2,000 people there. Did the gig, went backstage, uh, changed my shoes, changed my shirt, changed my t-shirt, put my bucket hat on, and I walked through the door where the stage was into the crowd I just played to, not a single person. <laughs> not a single person recognized me, I swear. Put, it's like the best the, disguise the, out the there. Invisible cloak on, some Harry Potter vibe going on. Mate, the, I'm telling the, you, the, I'm the telling you. bucket hat. If you're going somewhere in secret, try the bucket out. I'm telling you. It- I love that. I love that. Okay, done. It's done. I'm, I'm joining it down now as we speak. So there's there's been some uh, big parties you've had over the years. Mm. Obviously, you know, TS5 went from you and 10 mates in your apartment in Miami to this worldwide party in Ibiza in the UK, Wicked. you know. What's the best party you've ever been to in your life? Because you've been throwing some great parties, but have you been to someone else's party that you've been like, oh my God, this is off the scale. <laughs> okay, let me, um, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, yeah, there was, there was, well, there was, I mean, two, the two that were, that were memorable. Uh, Puff Daddy does like the most incredible parties ever. Like, oh, he just, oh, yeah. they're just lavish and they're like, they're, they're very extravagant. So when you go there, it's just like, whoa, like, I know there'll, there'll be a pool, but in the pool will be flamingos in the pool and it'll be, and then there'll be synchronized wow. like dancers doing some like sw- swimming in and out of the, the pool. And then you, then you'll have the sound system going on cool, but then there'll be like an array of food and drinks. So he, he puts it on properly and then he has so many guests come through. So all of a sudden you'll yeah. just be looking and it'll, it'll be Khalid, the DJ Khalid there, or it'll be 50 Cent or it'll be like, they just, I remember like there was one, there was, it was like a, it was a, a wedding or a private party that I think I was performing at something. And, and I sort of finished the, my, my sort of performance. And then like the, the entertainment for the rest of the night was, was Hardwell. And I was just like, man, Hardwell, like, and this is just, just after ultra. So it was in and around that time he played main stage at ultra. He was like that guy. You know what I mean, it's like, you're Hardwell. Yeah. Like I think he was ranked in DJ as number one DJ in the world. You know what I mean? It was all kicking off. And I'm there and I'm sort of just minding my own business thinking I had never met uh, Robert before. And he's doing, and usually he does like a hard, like a proper EDM set. And yeah. all of a sudden my man starts playing like some crazy, some hip hop tunes, dropping like uh, Will Smith and Fresh Prince, uh, uh, Summertime. Then he was going into some 50 Cent Window Shopper. Then he played Rewind. And I was like, what the hell is going on here? Like, this is, <laughs> this is mad. Like, I just couldn't, it was so out of context from someone that like was an EDM DJ sort of yeah. dropping like summertime and then and a window shopper, but he smashed it. He was scratching it in, then rewind came. And then obviously everyone's looking at me and I'm there. And then he's like, yo, come, come, come grab the mic. And all of a sudden it's, I'm just thinking I'm doing rewind with Hardwell at this private function. This is mad. Just mad yeah. things going on. So, th- so that was, that was a memorable yeah. moment because it was just very out of context. You know what I mean? But um, that's amazing. So crazy. Yeah. Sick. And going from kind of like me- the most memorable moment is there a moment in your life that that you should regret 
but you just don't. <laughs> you know, like you probably should be like, oh, I'm not sure about that, but I don't care because you know I pulled it off. Um. Okay, there was there was one time when I was in LA. I was recording with the Underdogs, um, who were a, a production team at the time. Who they were doing a lot of big, like big R and B records, and they had their sort of moment, like say the Neptunes or Rodney Jerkins would have, and they were having their moment. So I was working with them, and there was a a, a session where I was going to be working with Babyface. Um, yeah. And I was like, wow, super gassed, Babyface, written like so many incredible songs over over the a lifetime of work. So I go in and there was, there was a guy in the corner who had a guitar and they kept saying like, they kept saying a different name. It was like Edmonds. They were like, they kept saying like a, some name, like Edmonds. And I looked and I wasn't quite sure what was going on yet because I know Babyface, yeah? And it was like yeah. Edmonds. So anyway, so Edmonds, yeah, pull up the guitar, man. Let's, let's vibe, man. And then they left the studio and it was just me left with, this guy called Edmonds, yeah. I'm like, who's Edmonds, right? So we're vibing, yeah. we start, and I'm like, okay, cool. I thought I was going to be with Babyface today. We start playing the guitar, and I'm going through the whole motions, and, it's, and we're, we're coming up with something. I'm like, no, I'm not sure about that chord, man. Can you, like, tr try? I don't know about that one. That's not the vibe. Let's keep going and go through. And then one guy comes through, like, someone saying, do you want some tea, yeah? The guy goes, Craig, you want any tea? Oh, Babyface, you want anything? And I'm like, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I'm here, like with Babyface. Like his his surname is Edmonds, right? Yeah. As, yeah. Far, as, as far as I know, it was Edmonds, right? I'm working with Babyface, and you think that I would know, but I knew he had a brother, yeah, that was like that yeah. looked similar, yeah, and they weren't saying Babyface, and I was like, so I've been telling Babyface about the chords that I think you should be going to, what you should be doing, <laughs> like confidently, like no, 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 that's not the one, man, that's not it. We need to try. Yeah. And I'm thinking this is, and then when I found it was Babyface, there was still was this, this sort of unwritten rule of like, we'd, we'd broken the ice where he was like, I respect you, man. I like the way you're moving. Yeah. You're not coming in with this, oh, I'm babyface songwriter of like the Grammys yeah, beyond yeah. belief. And also yeah. I recognized who Edmonds was. So, uh, do you know what I mean? It all started to make <laughs> babyface was the guy. But I also had to yeah. rein it back a little bit after that. Cause then I was like, yeah, yeah. then a fanboy came into me. It was like, oh man, TLC and all these different tunes. And I was like, oh my God. Cause I know you've been all around the world and, and, and traveled and, and gigged and, and played pretty much everywhere. Is there, is there a, place in the world that you just absolutely didn't expect to fall in love with but fully fell in love with we did this mtv in higher places which was like a this show that they used to take different bands and artists to to sort of very sort of weird and wonderful places to do performances yeah and we went to costa rica to do a performance so it was me and fraser t smith who's produced so many different records for so many different people right now and yeah but at the an time he was my guitarist. yeah so we went out and we were performing like in the jungle proper 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 rainforest like you put your hand underneath the rock you're going to learn about something coming out underneath that rock trust me <laughs> yeah. so it's sort of you always a bit so sort of tepid tepid about where you were placing yourself because you're like this is a real rainforest it's not like we've made this nicely for you it's all ringed off no no if you get involved a little snake will come down from a tree while you're doing midway yeah. through fill me in but it was just it was incredible like the the nature and how when it rained it was vivid green and colors coming through and it just gave me a completely different appreciation for like wow, this is a different world. Yeah. But it was just a very memorable moment just to do something like that, to be singing a, like an acoustic version of Fill Me In in the middle of a rainforest. You're just like, yeah. wow, this is different from the council state. It's not not like the one you see on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of It, you know, where they've gone in with the... With the... A mad thing, <laughs> seriously. We're way ahead yeah. of the game. We're just trying to keep it yeah. musical before they brought some widgety grub before, the, do you know what I mean? Yeah. We're just trying to, just let's keep it musical before it gets to a mad round here.
Have you ever been out to, to Japan? That was one of the places for me that was just such a culture shock, but I loved it so much. Like, no one speaks English. The, all the signs are hieroglyphics as far as I was concerned, mm. but I just absolutely loved it, and I loved the people, and I loved the vibe, and the gigs I did out there, like... I actually walked out once and the, 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 the audience was so quiet and it was pitch black. I thought no one had turned up to the gig. <laughs> I was like, oh no, this is going to be so bad. And then all the lights came up and there was just like 800 people there. We'd never been out there before at Summer it. Sonic Festival. And and they were just amazing, singing along all the words. And uh, yeah, have you, have you been out there? Have you done much in Japan? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel you on that. It's a different, you've got to get your head around how it is. It's very respectful. Do you know what I mean? Like you said, it's super yeah. quiet. And yeah. you might turn up for the song, but then we're quiet. And yeah. might just clap, might be sitting down for a vibe, do the thing. But then on the same on the same side of that, I did actually experience another side of it where it was like, yo, this is rowdy here. Like you're you're seeing like yeah. one businessman like crawling on the street, sort of like seven o'clock in the morning, smashed, sort of still wearing like the, 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 the complete like suit, tie, everything. Yeah. And you're like, you could tell he was literally on his way back to work. Like he was gonna try and like do a 20 minute freshen up and I'm back at it mad yeah. like like i was like wow this is crazy you haven't even got changed and you're, you're rinsing it but i yeah. feel you on that like that the the kind of it almost was quite exciting to have the the, the language barrier for a moment because you were just like wow this is really like i'm sort of in this i'm immersed in this it's quite magical yeah. and i still went did you go to the um the electronic stores like you know when you i think it's the not maybe Rapongi hills um one, one no, of the, I didn't. When you, when you go in, you they got all the electric stuff. You know, like you back in the day, like that's what it was all about. You go to Japan and you'll get a, a yeah. CD player with like four CD changers and a, a tape thing that's got five tape things on one and four batteries. And yeah, bro, I still went there. Yeah, these were the times when like we'd moved into sort of a more cohesive iPhone. You've got your yeah. BlackBerry or whatever it was. It was it was kind of all coming together. But I'm. You see me though, I'm still in there like, oh man, see this, this, this iPhone and you can get like five Sims in it. It's crazy. Da, da, da. But it's actually not an iPhone. It's called I, like with an F-O-N-E and it's on Android. But if you plug it in this Sim like thing, you download it, getting gassed, but there's yeah. no way you're going to be able to use it. You're thinking, how's this ever going to work? It looked like an iPhone literally, but it had like four yeah. Sims and it yeah, had like yeah. a mad battery that came off the back that was like, would last for like 200 years. It was just like crazy, bro. Ahead of the curve they are out there, man, with the technology, head, 100%. Ahead of the curve. Yeah. Is there a moment um, out, 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 you know, throughout your career that's kind of forced you to grow up or forced you to change? Yeah, I, I think when I got to the fifth album, I just had this sort of this feeling in, inside where I felt like I was so removed from where my original music had started. And I was thinking, part of me saying, you need to go and enjoy some life. And sort of step yeah. away from this for a second. But the other part of you is not going to let that happen. You're like, no, I do this. If I step away for five minutes, I don't know where it's going to go. And yeah. you sort of don't have trust and faith in, in the process of the ebb and flow of life. There was this kind of moment where I was in Miami for a while and, and, it, and it was a bit of like the ebb and flow of, let me go and enjoy life. Let me enjoy like living here. Let me, it, it's like the pause between the notes. If you don't have a pause, it's just long note of noise. And I think, I look now in hindsight and say, wow, it's actually a blessing in disguise because I've come back with a much more aligned version of who I am. I'm not 16 anymore, so I'm not trying to be that. And I'm not swaying to what is the latest thing. I've got to be the hottest thing. Got to have the. I'm just aware of where I sit in the place of it. Because once you've had longevity, you look at times and you're like, wow, that thing was gassed up like it was the hottest thing ever. 
and it yeah. can go dead very quick. Like it could be like, whoa, what happened to all that then? Everyone was like, no, that's the thing. I've seen so many of those things come and go now that yeah. you start to say, no, no, no. The consistent thing, great songs, great yeah. performances, calm yourself yeah. and you'll be all right. You know what I mean? Man, I remember when you you uh, you brought it back with the uh, the collab with Kate Trinada, and I Ooh. was just listening to it, just like, oh my god, this is the coolest thing I've heard in a long time, man. Appreciate that was you. such such a great collab, man. Thank it was you, absolutely outstanding. You know? and I appreciate I, you, man. Really, like that that was a vibe, man. Even even just yeah. the just where it sat was just it was in a groove. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, I feel man. you, man. Yeah, thank you, man. Sick. I appreciate you. No worries, mate. No worries. Um, you don't see a lot of MCs and R&B singers singing songs like Johnny, because mm-hmm. I love the lyrics in that song, man. How did you feel when, when you released that? Was it a bittersweet moment for you, or did you feel like you got something off your chest? Yeah, I think the Story Goes album was a time where I think my, my grandma had passed away recently around that time, which was kind of a, it was a pull on me and my mum because she was very much part of, like my mom and my grandma really raised me. My dad was always there, yeah. but it was like the two of them. Um, but I felt like I was at a stage in my life where I could say a little bit more without feeling like, oh, you, you can't really say, you don't say that. Like, do you know what I mean? Like we, you're not ready yeah. to to be that vulnerable. Whereas I now yeah. realize that, and Brenny Brown says it amazing in her books, like the power of vulnerability, like being vulnerable, especially as a man, I think is what's more needed, like more sensitivity, more opening up to things that, usually are hushed and put under the under the, the rug. So the yeah. bullying thing was kind of, was an experience that I've had, maybe not to the scale that I, I portray in the actual song of waiting, someone waiting yeah. outside and that happening on, on repetition or my parents sure. not hearing me, like when you're trying yeah. to explain it. Because I had to say to my mum after that, I said, mum, because I think she thought that might have been some sort of, subliminally I was saying, mum, I was being bullied and you didn't hear. And I said, no, it's not, it wasn't that. It was just that I know that there's, a lot of kids who can't find the way to express when they're being bullied. Because if they tell the teacher, the teacher goes ham and then tells the boy, then it continues after school. Or you go to the parents and the parents come running up to the school, then it continues at school. So the kid's just like, I don't know how to deal with this. So, and I wanted to kind of give a bit of escapism for people to say, look, I know how that feels. And there's no definitive way to overcome. This is why we're still dealing with bullying. But to share it, with people you can confide with is going to be a lighter load. And then we can always find a way. So that song, yeah, was, was very much like, I just felt it, it, it meant more than, than, than it, than it was as a, just a song for me to write. It was like, it had a bigger impact, which I think those are important to have those kind of songs along your way. Where you, what are you trying to yeah. tell people rather than just yeah. vibing? You know what I'm saying? I love the storytelling on that, man. It was, it was awesome. Thank you. Is there a piece of music for you that takes you, you know, back in time, you know, like just something that you hear and it just takes you to this moment. You know, like I, I always say, there's this Papa Roach song that I always hear and it takes me back to a moment where I was on holiday with my family and a friend had lent me like a mini disc player for the first time. And I took that away with me and had Papa Roach's album at the time. Jeez. And every time I hear anything off that album, it takes me back to that spe- specific moment. Is there a song that kind of does a similar thing for you? Well, um, okay, there was, there was a Rosie Gaines song, uh, Closer Than Close. I was like, right. closer than you ever could imagine, close. It was, like, it was kind of like an early, it was just on the tip of sort of speed garage, two-step yeah. was just coming through. It was on a mixtape. And I just remember being in the car with a friend of mine, Alistair. Um, I think it was like two girls that we were with and we were going up to, it was going up to some festival or something that was happening. And it, and it was like, yeah. 
It was in, yeah, it was in a red Fiesta that I can remember now. So it all started to flood back, man. She was driving the red Fiesta, <laughs> we were playing the tunes. So it was always a Fiesta or a Clio or, you know what I mean? We're all in that. It was always those kind of cars around those times. You know what I mean? A good little Fiesta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for me to be. <laughs> but I just remember when I hear that song, it just makes me feel, there was a feeling of the whole world ahead of you. Um, yeah. I haven't experienced anything. You're just in the moment. You're, that's your tune. You're with your friends. You're about to have a good time. And I, I don't, don't we just love that? And it's, how, yeah. how beautiful is it that we can actually create music that's giving other people those feelings? So they're going to have 100%. your song top playing like, and be like, yo, that's my go-to tune. Reminds me of when I did this. I mean, it's, it's an amazing feeling. Yeah. Right? I've had a lot of people get married to one of my songs called Just You and I. I've yes, seen uh, the amount of videos that. I've seen. And it's such a such a special thing, man. You know, seeing people's first dance to one of your songs. like. Man. And I wrote, I wrote that in a basement in in a house I was living in, Crouch End, at about three o'clock in the morning one night when I couldn't sleep, wrote it in about three hours. And I always think that's the strangest thing with music. It's almost like it's been waiting to, to like pen to come to paper all in one moment. And then all of a sudden it all just comes out. Do you know what I mean? Totally. Do, do you kind of find that when you're writing your stuff that you've subconsciously been writing it for a while? And when you get to the studio and you get to that moment and the beat's right, it just all of a sudden just happens like that. 100%. Is it, you know what? It's that thing of, I've always said like, like people want to win the win the lottery, but it's like the yeah. question of have you bought a lottery ticket? Yeah, uh, like, meet, yeah. meet me yeah. halfway here. Okay, like at least buy the ticket, and then the rest can. And I think that's all we have to do: show up. Yeah, like yeah, like yeah, if yeah. you've gone back to bed at three o'clock in the morning, thought, oh, do you know what I mean? It may have come through a different time, but there was something about that woke you up, that made you couldn't get to sleep, and you were just like, yeah. oh, I'm just gonna write this tune. Boom, boom, boom. Basement crowd chant. Boom. Now someone's walking like up to their bride to sing to 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 dance to their first the first dance i just think it's the most incredible feeling bro like yeah and i think that and long may they continue those moments where you just get out of your own way and honor that yeah. something's coming through you and you're the yeah. conduit so yeah you know what i mean the fact you make music is crazy it's exciting so isn't that. it man i don't know about you but like i just it just never gets tiring music sometimes it's challenging sometimes it's difficult to get to the end of something you mm. know to finish a single you know but like there's never a dull day, is there? No, no, no. Ever. And it's I, always just... And do you know what, Tom, it's that thing, I think, the more the more I've started to just like get back to just the enjoyment. Like when, I, when I first, the first album, it wasn't, it was a real labour of love. Like I'd get up in the morning, it was yeah. the the putting on the clothes, it was listening to the mix from the night before, my CD Walkman, it was the walk down to the studio. It was the, there was a little like um, a marina by where the studio was, even though we were in a basement sort of, it was like, wasn't, don't get me twisted, it wasn't like we were like, ah, oh, some lavish sort of, beautiful blocks it was some mashed up studio yeah. like underneath yeah. like a few a block of flats but it was right next to the marina we used to go yeah. over for like a coffee and just like get a bit of sun and come back and listen to the mix and it was such a process of joy yeah. that by the time it it went it and it connected it was just like wow and then sometimes after that you tend to start to join the dots now you're reflective what's being played on radio is that going to fit on radio is this playlist you start to get all techie about stuff when it wasn't that it was never supposed to be techie you're supposed to be yeah. like, does it feel good? Yeah. And that, yeah. the more we do that, and it's hard because we can get swayed. 100%. How easy it gets play, It ends up becoming so much easier. You say, but isn't this supposed to be a bit harder here? Isn't it supposed to? Yeah. Not really. Just just enjoy and it tends to work. I'm working on my second album, mate. You know what I mean? So <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> I know it well. <laughs> please go about it the same way you did. However you did it on fresh. You can't replicate, but just go about it in the same way that, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Don't the filter that you. With it, yeah. I just want. I always 100%. want the best for you because you, you've got. You're so talented, man. And it's just like oh, people always it, say about second album, second. Nah, this is just another body of work. That yeah. 
will represent me at this stage in my life. And I hope that you have yeah. many, many, many of them come along. Do you know what I mean? Rather than let's equate it of how the first one did. And if it did one yeah. sell less, all of a sudden we're, we're, everyone's pissed. It doesn't really work like that. It won't do no, that. Anyway. You'll be fine anyway, so you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll buy the so, one that, that steps it over so you get the, you know what I mean? That's oh, it. You, oh, you, you sneak down to Sainsbury's and get 100 copies for me, lad, all right? I've got you on the go-to guy, remember, about the chocolates and the whole thing. Trust me, I can make things work. <laughs> Supply and demand. <laughs> The memories that made us. So we're nearly at the end now. I, again, thank you so much for your time, man. Like, I, I really, I love and I appreciate you. Before I get onto the last little segment, new music. Mm. When, when, are we, when are we, uh, we going to hear something? Okay, so firstly, feelings mutual, man. Love you too, man. Your, your vibe is just wicked. Um, and may more success to you, more health and all that good stuff for thank many, you, many years man. to come. I appreciate you. Um, for new music, bro, I've been putting a shift in. We are yeah. putting a shit. Yeah, oh my! But I don't want to be that guy who just hypes it. I would like to. I, there definitely will be new music dropping this this yeah. year. Um, yeah. Album wise, could end up being this year or, or, or dropping next. I'd like it to be this year because I'm just a bit like anxious uh, about holding on to things for too long. I just thought, like, can we just put it out there? I'll write another album yeah. if it takes. If we if we ease into next year, but I've been yeah. putting a shift in on the music, like, and it just feels. We're back on our let's go down the marina and get a coffee vibe. Like that 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 CD is the one you wanna you wanna get with. The other one is doing Dock of the Bay. That was on a different flex. But now <laughs> I just feel like I'm on my P's and Q's again. So yeah, I'm excited, bro. I love it, man. So I want to do a little thing that I've done with all the guests, and I put like basically 10 questions in here. I'm just gonna do a little lucky dip. I don't know if you can hear it. Uh I'm just gonna pull one out. Do that, man. The moment you met your hero. Uh, the moment we met, the moment we met. Wow, wow. Um, okay, it would have been, it would have been Puff Daddy. It would have been in, I think it was LA. It was one radio conference thing or radio show yeah. in the corridor. I'm walking past. Whoa, that's Puff Daddy. This is crazy. Yeah. Like I've listened to so many tunes that you've you've created. Bad boy, like bad boy, bad boy. Take that. Like you're the other guy, Biggie. And you're stopping midway. I mean, he had a whole entourage yeah. as well to, to chat to me. And I was thinking, wow, this is crazy. Like, this is That's puffy. awesome, man. Bah! Yeah. So yeah, yeah that, yeah, was, a, that yeah. was a crazy moment where you just, you do meet and it was just, it was more than what I could imagine because I was just like, wow, this is, and you actually know who I am. I'm, I, you spoke to me. That was good for me. Man, I love it. So three items to sum up your life are going into a memory box. What are they? Whoa, okay. Um, do, 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 do. Let's throw the Born to Do It album in there. Let's, uh... wow, sum up the life. Got me big time. <laughs> a, a picture a picture on stage but not of me but of the crowd in front of me so, so that so you see the crowd you see that this, yeah. what this what we what created what was going on the people having a good time um and a, a probably just a, a a quote saying to whoever kind of finds this little, little time capsule thing or digs this thing back up yeah yeah i hope you go on and make a difference in the world in some positive way that's all we're here to do. Come in, like make that. a difference, and then we dip out and we'll see you on the next on the next um, outing. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm with that. No worries. The piece of advice that stuck, who gave it to you and what did they say? Well, my manager, actually, who's been with him for like 20 years now, Colin Lester, he yeah. said to me when he first, first he, had, he signed me as an artist before he was my manager, but he always said to my grandma before she, uh, she passed away, he said, listen, I can't promise... And this is my mum as well. You can't, I can't promise your son success, but I will promise that I'll do everything I possibly can to provide the safe space for him to be the artist 
that he is. And yeah. if people can hold space for you to do what yeah. you do, you'll be wonderful at that without, yeah. without people pulling. And, and that's what he's done for me all through my career. I'm holding space for you to do what you do. Um, yeah. And that's all, I, that's all I can do. You know what you do. My album was called, okay. And then just, just to flip on that, which was a shorter yeah. one, we might be, that was, a, that was a great one, but can we go with a little short one? Born to Do It, the title of that album comes from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. The, the opening yeah. scene when the, the boy runs into the candy shop and he says to the candy man, how does he do it? And the candy man says, do you ask a bird how it flies? He says, no. Do you ask a fish how it swims? He says, no. He says, no, sir, you don't. They do it because they were born to do it. Boom. That's it. Album title. We do it because we were Love born it. to do it. You ain't got to think it out or work it out. Yeah. You just do it. Man, that's awesome. I love that. And the last one, you were in a coma, but you had the chance to write one thing down on your arm, one memory that you could keep, that you could remember forever. What would that memory be? You're alive now. Jeez! Man's in the moment. I like it. I'll take it. I mean, we're here now. It's all fresh again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Craig David, man, you're such a legend. I appreciate Thank you, you so much for coming on this podcast. Thank you so much for doing it. You don't know what it means to me, man. And it's just been absolutely lovely chatting with you. And I appreciate you, man. Thank the, the you. The feeling's mutual, man. Love to you, bro. You are your top, top boy. And we'll meet properly, like, in person as soon as we can, 100%. you know? 100%. Absolutely, man. We, we need to link up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. Wicked. Appreciate nice you, brother. Thank, Thank you. you, man. We're just talking about some memories we made. Talking about some memories we made We're talking about the good, the bad, the bittersweet and truly sad We're talking about the memories The memories that made us